cheering for Harper. Four more years. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, no. Anything but Harper. Anything but Harper. No way. Oh, liberal. Hey, hey, what do you know? Harper's got to go. All right, that's a little better. Sitting a little more comfortably with me. Where's the NDP? Oh, smaller contingent. Orange signs. NDP. All right, get back to you after that. This is outside the Roy Thompson Hall. Uh, the night of the uh, debate on foreign uh, policy, and I'm delighted to have uh, been offered a free ticket. Thanks to uh, our good friend, our, my fellow gavager, Brent. Get back to you soon. Uh, I'm guessing if uh, the rain is too loud for me to hear a podcast, I'm trying to listen to uh, the great white Fenord, uh, because I want to hear more about uh, Adam's uh, mushroom trip. And, uh, oh, maybe I'm just going to disagree vehemently with uh, Anthony's uh, take on Mars exploration. But, of course, he was just having fun and just letting it roll. And it it wasn't like a debate where uh, you're really putting all your thoughts and ideas out there. He was just having a rip. Uh, Anyway, it's pissing rain. I'm parked in... uh, Thompson Park. Sure wouldn't get out of the car now. Luckily, I just I had to visit the school uh, and drop off uh, $2,000 in cards. Uh, you know, these gift cards. It's one of the things I do for my, uh, for my business. And I just got in there before the rain started. And I met a guidance counselor and... Um, He spoke to me in Japanese. He was Chinese heritage, but spoke to me in Japanese, better than mine. But to my credit, oh, I'm so pleased, I was able to answer him and uh, keep the conversation going. And I think it surprised a few people standing around listening to two guys speak Japanese to each other. But um, that was interesting. That's somebody I'm going to work with this summer. Uh, Well, work with this spring. Anyway, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's forget that. Brent just posted something. I'm doing, a, I'm multimediaing here. Uh, I had my, I've got my iPad on my knee, but it's not open. I've got my iPod, because I was listening to those guys. And uh, <laughs> my iPhone is open to Lot's wife, because I got into this conversation we couldn't remember who turned into the pillar of salt, you know, and of course, once you know the answer, it's so... Oh, of course, Lot! Lot's wife! Never did get her name. 
but there was something else. Yeah, Brent was posting on Facebook about the um, debate that I went to last night, which is the topic I'm trying to find my way towards. I guess his father had uh, got the tickets because, my God, I would not have paid uh, $95 to sit in the Roy Thompson Hall and hear our political federal wannabes uh, argue with each other. It was a it was a thrilling event. I mean, I'm really glad I went, and I uh, I thank Brent, closet geek, former partner on uh, Gappage. Although we did talk about bringing it back, I think we will. Um, anyway, he invited me to use the other ticket because at the last minute his father couldn't go, and uh, there we were. And it was neat, and I admired the skill of all three politicians to actually stand up there. And give it their all, and and you know to to fence like on the spot. I don't mean sitting on the fence. I mean to actually duel with each other. It was kind of neat that the the moderator would have them go two you know two at a time, so they could be attacking each other, and then bring in the next one. Okay, now what, what's your say on this? What's your take? Uh, so it was a very lively debate, very interesting to see. And the thing that I liked most about it was that they really did have three different positions on... on the, the whole theme was, of course, foreign policy, uh, international relations. And they really were coming at it from different angles. And it's something that I think, wow, we are lucky to live in this kind of a democracy where we're not choosing just between two parties. I mean, I'm not... There, there are Greens and there is the Bloc and so on, but... You know, seriously, who's going to form the next government? It's a very close race between the Liberals, the NDP, and the Conservatives. Unfortunately, the Conservatives still slightly, ever so slightly in the lead, but maybe not enough to get a majority, which would be good news if the other two parties can work together and form a government, a coalition. I think that's how it works. I know if I make a mistake, oh my God, Dave Brobeck will correct me and... uh, Punish me in front of everybody else, but uh, anyway, it's it was it was good to see, and I, I felt yeah, sort of this is quality. I was a little disappointed in Trudeau. In fact, more than a little. I, I didn't like his style, his swagger, his wagging his finger, his trying to make a point, and he 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 emphasized the wrong point. People, you know, Harper was going on about revoking Canadian citizenship from terrorists. Well. Most of the Canadian population is in favor of that, so better just to sort of let that pass rather than challenge him on it and say, you can't just take away somebody's rights to be a Canadian citizen, which the voting public doesn't want to hear. You know, you want to get elected, you got to be a bit of a weasel and, uh, you know, take positions on the things that people want to hear and want to vote for if you want to win. And unfortunately, Harper's an expert at that and played that game so well. And of all of them, I mean, he came out. He was really solid. And I think the number of people in there who paid $95 plus or whatever to get in were probably quite a few Harper supporters, uh, not too many NDP supporters. But I thought Mulcair really did look like a statesman. And if I was voting for the prime minister and not just the person in my local riding, if I was voting for the prime minister... I would choose Mulcair. I would go NDP. Uh, that's my position right now. Uh, but in my writing, the man who's going to win, I've already mentioned, is uh, a liberal, and I'd rather make sure the liberals do keep this seat. 
uh, that it certainly doesn't go conservative. All right, enough of the politics already. I, I Last podcast, I talked about all the books I bought, and I probably have a few people wondering, yeah, but do you even read them? Uh, and I do. Sometimes I might read a few books at a time. But the one that I'm just zipping through is And a Hard Rain Fell. Like, wow, a G.I.'s true story of the war in Vietnam. It, it really is... It takes you there. You're seeing it through the eyes of a 19-year-old who doesn't want to be there and wondering, what the fuck? Why did my country send me here? And what the hell are we doing? And this is this is horror. And uh, I could die. I might have to kill someone. Uh, and seeing things that uh, will probably never be erased from his mind. You know, the interesting scene, I don't know, he described going on his R&R to uh, Malaysia and sort of more or less renting a woman for a week or five days and then falling in love with her and wanting to marry her. I don't know how that's going to end up. But understandable after the horror of uh, Vietnam that, uh, wow, some comfort in the TLC. And the, and the way he's described it, suddenly to have a hotel room, clean sheets changed every day, a flush toilet, a hot shower... God damn it, clean clothes, good food, stuff that he'd been deprived of the whole time in Vietnam. This just must be amazing. How do you even get these guys to go back to Vietnam afterwards and not go AWOL? Uh, Anyway, it's a really good read. I'm really enjoying it. The rain has let up. I don't know why I'm here in the middle of the day. It's a Tuesday. Tuesday's the discount day for... um, Movies and every Tuesday I'm thinking. Now last Tuesday it was too beautiful, sunny and warm. I just lay on the deck. Today it's pouring rain, a perfect day, but I have things to do. I got to give a test Thursday for my class, and I'm only just figuring out what kind of test it's supposed to be. And uh, actually, I made one, my own. I do a lot of original material, and uh, oh, it probably won't be here, but. I made a list of 15 words that I want my students to know, and they're not words from the textbook, and they're not words that anybody at this level needs to know, but they're words I wanted them to know. Now, I'm, yeah, it's just, oh, my podcast, oh, man, no, it's just... The syncing between the notes, you've got to update your um, Mac, your iMac, or whatever big desktop Mac you're using, to this newer operating system so that it'll work and sync with the new uh, operating system on the uh, iPhone and iPad. So I don't have, damn it, those um, those 15 words. I'm going to have to save that for another time. Uh, I guess, gee, this is this is I'm wandering and I'm not focused, and I really should make an effort to say, hey, 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 stick with the topic, man. Stick with the topic. Uh, so, the topic. Okay. There's a little girl in Edmonton. She's got cancer. Poor little girl. Cute little girl. Little white girl. Blonde hair. Cute. Everybody would love her. Been suffering for a good part of her life. Her parents probably suffering more than her because the girl's getting treatment and being uh, adored in the hospital and looked after. And yesterday in Edmonton, they made it her day. She likes Spider-Man. So she became 
Spider Girl. I think they made a little song using her name. I can't remember what it is. You know, Spider Martha, Spider Martha. It's not Martha. And this is all over the news, and every newscast wants to show a good news story, and the head of the Edmonton Oilers hockey team, or the, uh, you know, the head, not the head, the uh, captain, he gets kidnapped by a bad person, and this little spider girl has got to go to the rescue, and he gives her a big hug and thanks her for saving him, and she does a zip line in Edmonton Mall, and there's all these cute pictures of this poor little blonde, charming little darling girl. Uh, just everybody in tears and what a happy day and how nice the mayor's called her to go and rescue the hockey player and oh it's all over and I've seen it countless times the videos and it's a huge PR thing and isn't this wonderful we made her happy we made her parents happy and I want to puke it is a nice story. Of course it is. Nobody could say it's not, except it's like every other story like this. There was there was a few years ago, and I talked about it in Dixon Jane's, a little girl who fell in a hole, like a, it was a sewage pipe or something, and got stuck and was down there. And, oh, my God, how heroic. And the things they brought down to her, and they brought her up, and she became a star, you know, on the scale of uh, Honey Boo Boo. And it's when you single out one person, in particular a little white girl or a little white boy, that you realize, yeah, but what about all those other kids suffering from all those other diseases when just a little aspirin would help? But, of course, that village doesn't have aspirin or the aspirin is so overpriced or faked that the parents can't afford to buy it or they can't even get the girl to the local clinic. And all the other suffering, and the child had just had his leg blown off in a in a you know a barrel bomb in Syria, or all the other shit that's happening all over the world to countless little innocent children, just as important as this little girl, and they're not being covered, and it's not news, and nobody wants to see that or hear that, and that's not a cute happy story. That's a sad story. Not unless she's a Siamese twin and they bring her here and they separate her. You know what I mean? It's just so all out of proportion and so... Let's all feel good about this. It's like the like button on... Or, you know, yeah, I'm supporting you. Signed a petition to uh, ask the ISIS people to stop throwing gays off the roof of buildings, you know. You know, oh, I'm a better person for it. Or, yeah, I did the Amnesty International. I I signed my name to the letter, and now I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's just... It's just... It's wrong. Anyway, I I guess maybe I'm... No, I'm not a party pooper. I just stand by that. That story shouldn't have even been on the news. Bigger news story, if we're going to bum people out. Drunk driver who broadsides a van and kills the grandfather and three little children and severely injures two other women in the van. Drunk from what they were saying now is, oh my God, one of the richest families in Canada. Who knew? Well, I guess he's got a team of lawyers. There'll be extenuating circumstances there, that's for sure. They did manage as they dug a little deeper to find out who this Mr. Muzo was. Uh, I, I think I saw a picture of him in a Ferrari. 
Um, that wasn't what T-boned the uh, van, but the idea of there being different laws for different wealth categories, you know, that's another thing that bothers me. And I guess maybe what I was thinking was, I do an awful lot. And you may say, hey, I'm just, I'm guilty of everything that I've talked about because I'm doing a podcast. And instead of taking up serious world issues, I'm talking about, oh, poor me, I can't find myself. I don't know who I am. Oh, my God. It's so crazy. Sometimes I'm the Scarborough dude and sometimes I'm Ken. Oh, my God. It's so confusing. You'd think I'd know. You know, it is a little embarrassing to to own up to that. And there are more pressing, more serious issues that I should be talking about. Uh, So let me, you know, circle back a little bit. Rain in the horses. The debate last night actually made me a little bit proud that the three people running were educated stated their positions well, even though they're Weasley politicians, you know, and, and even Mulcair got a few cheap shots in, too. I wasn't overly impressed, you know. Uh, it, again, American listeners, forgive me, but when I listened to the lineup of whatever it was, the 19 people joining in this Republican debate circus and some of the views and opinions expressed, you would never have heard any of those on the stage last night from our three politicians. Canadians would not have it. If they were to utter any of the things that some of these people have been saying, Trump, of course, in particular, but some of the others as well, and their, their hardcore, hardline positions, they would have been booed off the stage. And I know that sounds, oh, my God, so what? Canada's great and America's not? No, I'm not exactly saying that. I'm just saying I, I have a little more respect for a lot of our political leaders. Now, I'm the same guy who said you should be, I should be, I'm so proud, you should be proud of having a man like Obama in the White House. And I know a lot of people will call me on that, particularly, oh, my God, some of my um, Republican friend listeners. Uh, and, you know, who am I to utter an opinion about things that I don't really know a whole lot about, except the fact that, God damn it, we can't escape America. Everything in our culture, everything in our music, everything in our news, everything in our face is American, is American politics, what Obama said, what Trump said. This is what our coverage is. We are a victim of your politics, victim of your capitalist system. I'm saying your, because it has been corrupted. And so this is why we have such visceral responses to this stuff. Like, I want, I, I'm still angry that Haldeman and Ehrlichman, I don't think, did any jail time. If you remember those names, you're old, because those were Nixon's henchmen. But I remember watching all that stuff on TV and going crazy. Like, why aren't these guys? And who was the the uh, the military guy? I'm picturing him exactly. Uh, oh, the name just slipped away. You know who I mean, who got up there and lied under oath. And Dick Cheney, lock him up. The Wall Street bankers, the guys who cheated, and you know they cheated. But they're going to just outbid you with lawyers. They're going to have more expensive lawyers because they still have all that fucking money they stole. So you can't get them. 
short of vigilante justice. And you didn't hear it here because I am not in favor of that. I am not asking anybody. Hear me loud and clear. I'm the guy who said all along, I do not want blood in the streets. I do not want a bloodbath. I do not want vigilante mobs. Oh, yeah. But it's sort of hopeless thinking that the criminal justice system, particularly in the United States, unless you're a Mexican drug dealer, is really going to care or want to put you in jail for any length of time. Yeah. Next. Are we done with politics? It's just that I can't let go of it because it's there. And it does affect our world. Anything America does affects the whole fucking world. I'd say the same about Putin if I was living in the Ukraine. We can't ignore this. We can't escape this. It's just that we should be allowed to vote, goddammit. Since we are so impacted by everything, every decision, almost, that America makes... United States of America, the USA. I don't know how I'd feel if I was born on that side. Well, first of all, I would have had to deal with Vietnam and either run away or get married early and get somebody pregnant or hang out there in university and hopefully picking a course that was important enough that they weren't going to draft me or have a very rich daddy who would find some way out for me, some soft service deal. Or run away to Canada, and God bless Canada for opening the doors and saying, okay, 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 you're draft dodger, yeah, we'll take you, we'll take you, we'll take you. So, I guess history is my thing, and it's not that I'm a historian, I didn't even study history at university, so I don't really know. But it, it fascinates me, I'm so interested in it. It's, it tells us about ourselves. And now that I'm at this age, the times I'm living in, or times I live through, are history. And I guess that's the thing that really excites me. Yeah, Vietnam is history. But goddammit, that was my youth, too. Watching that on television and thinking about those guys. And when I traveled in Europe, meeting up with those guys. Guys from the 7th Fleet in Greece. Guys who were on leave. Guys who were going to be drafted. Guys who were hoping they would they would have the courage not to go. So that takes us where exactly? Well, the other book that I got with me is that book on Canadian history, which I really haven't started, or, or why we don't have Canadian history. Uh, who killed Canadian history? And I, I am looking forward to that. And again, there's going to be. I'm going to have differences of opinion about this. I'm not going to agree with everything he said, but boy, the, the, there's something wrong. Um, shall I go? I haven't, I haven't touched on uh, fanatical Islam and ISIS for a while. Is that uh, a topic I have to deal with? No? All right. Maybe I can just park that. I, I've just been... Um, you know, sometimes somebody posts a tweet. I'm sick of you. Complaining about Islam. And then somebody else says, oh yeah, well, what about this? And you get sucked in and you look at the video. And you see a guy in England saying, I want every woman to be fully covered head to toe. And he means it seriously. And you see these guys patrolling a certain part of London saying, this is a no-go zone. This is where, hey, we enforce the law. We want Sharia law and we want 
people to obey and you don't drink in the park and if you're a homo, get the hell out of here. Because that's an abomination. And you think, well, did somebody just put that there to stir you up? Well, if they did, they succeeded. But does that make it false? No. There are people all over Europe, Europe, who are saying, hey, I can see into the future. We will outnumber them and we will outvote them and we will bring in Sharia law. And you might say, oh, you're just an alarmist. Come on. Don't give in to that. Good will always win in the end. People won't tolerate fanaticism. Well, look at European history and see. So I don't. I, I guess. I mean, that's a maybe. That's an area that I, I have barked on about in the past. Barked on, I guess. Ranted and raved on about in anger. And I've sort of told myself to just park it for a while, not out of fear, of course, but out of just respect for the good Muslims out there. Well, just don't. Why are you just talking about the bad ones? What about Islam as a whole and its love and its care and all the good things about it? Yes, well, it's, you know, like any other religion, I guess I could say the same when I badmouth Christianity and the right wing fundamentalists down in southern states and here in Canada. Those who uh, took over the Conservative Party, former reformists who are now, now it's the Conservative Party under Harper, those same narrow-minded individuals. That is one of the words I'm teaching my students. I'm teaching them. Let me just try from memory then, okay? What, what do I think? This has nothing to do with the course. It's just me saying, hey, you guys want a good education. These are some words you should know even though they won't be on your test or any of the tests the other teachers are making. Propaganda, atheism, open-mindedness, indoctrination, uh, fundamentalism, uh, what do you call it, separation of church and state, um, you know what I mean. Um, that, that was a handful, and I, I've got the words, 15 of them, and then I've got very, very simple definitions. Oh, discrimination, racism... Uh, what do you, when you try to convince somebody of something, uh, you know, by using propaganda or whatever means, hate and lies and everything else. But words, all they're all politically connected words, right? And I want the students, and I'm going to, I'm going to phrase it in such a way, listen, you guys don't have to know these words. You don't, you don't have to know what they mean. You don't, you don't have to bother. I'm just going to hand them to you anyway. Here's a little game. Match them up. Try and match the definition with the 15 words. Here's the definitions. Here's the words. You, you see if you can see how many you can get right. But tell the ones who think they should have been put in the higher class anyway, this is for you. This is something a little extra. But I want you to be able to think about these words and see if you can use them in a sentence correctly or give me an example of... Uh, Racial discrimination, or homophobia, or any of those things, or, or bias, or, uh, you know, these words. Because they're words that any intelligent human functioning in the English language should really know. And that makes me feel better about my teaching job, and that has nothing to do with the book, nothing to do with the course, nothing to do with the exams, stuff that I feel I want my students to know. And I'm proud of that. Oh, shit. 26 minutes again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
It's just that I got a medium-sized coffee. I had so much further to go. So what I'll do is I'll shut this down. Oof. Get back to you later. And uh, I'll go back to listening to uh, Adam and Anthony. Because Anthony's promised to play, as long as i got enough battery juice left, uh, Billy the Mountain. Uh, Frank Zappa's Billy the Mountain, which I do know uh, at the end of this uh, podcast. So uh, that should be fun. So, your mother, you feel this for your mother. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of that going on, especially in the the gentry. Um, but uh, Charles Dobson was very. Uh, oh, he's talking uh, about Alice Wonderland. Mathematics, wasn't he? Hundred and fiftieth um, anniversary. Yes, he was. He was a, a teacher, he was a math teacher. Because uh, a lot of his anyway. Uh, okay, listen, I, you guys listen to uh, you know Anthony Marco's talking is dead, and you'll find this one. Um, Bye for now. Like at the tea party, they're talking about. Um, uh,
<laughs> How is it? I shake, shake. Can it hear you? I just eliminated the sound effects. I had my uh, roof open, and the wind is so strong. I'm at Bluffers Park. It's Saturday, okay. October third, almost eleven a.m. And the wind is blowing, the trees are bending, but the waves are just crashing in. I've never seen them like this. I guess this is, wow. Uh, I don't know where it's starting from. I know there's hurricanes in the area and so on, but uh, whether some of that wind is sweeping across Lake Ontario or not, I don't know. I don't tune in the weather station, but uh, it's wild. I'm parked in a spot I've never recorded from before. It's sort of there's two parking spots that you think should only be reserved for um, maybe handicapped people. Um, you're really not supposed to be here in this boat launch area side anyway, but it's nice. You're right on the water. I mean, you know, I could spit into it from here. Um, but it's sort of a beach area. Except it's not a beach. It's a place to launch your boat anyway. Just listen to uh, Jason... Uh, Cinema Tweet, admiring his sterling qualities, I think was the phrase I used. Uh, it's funny, you know, you, you, there are, a lot of us feel we're, we're friends. We feel a friendship. We feel a commonality uh, through podcasting. And again, it, it's part of the medium because it's intimate. You're sharing. So when that happens, you feel close to somebody, even though you might be very different from them in age and uh, nationality. All of that doesn't matter much, except when I go on rants and raves about the United States of America, just drop bombs on some Doctors Without Borders compound, 10 people killed, 15 missing, something like that. God damn, that's horrible. And that's why I'm not in favor of Canada doing its part to stomp out ISIS by dropping bombs. Because you don't know where the fuck those bombs are landing or who's below or how much collateral damage there's going to be. It just doesn't work. Hate it. Anyway, hey, I'm back to saying nice things about Jason. Sorry. And you're the person I apologize to the most because uh, it must seem very unkind of me to continually rant and rave about America. But <laughs> it's this book I'm reading by an American. And remember, most of my heroes are American. So it's not like a one-way thing. I'm not some person who doesn't like America. This is ridiculous. No, no, no. It's You're the guys who... You are the guys? My heroes. My Timothy Leary's, my Jack Kerouac's, my Allen Ginsberg's, my Henry Miller's. These are my heroes. They're American, not Canadian. Uh, anyway... Where were we? Sterling qualities. Um, he, you know, shared some personal information, family issues and so on. But I don't think I could handle things as well as Jason up in this brain. I used to be brilliant, Des. Um, you know, I had an older brother and sister. I, being the youngest in the family, and I, I don't even know Jason's birth order. I just have the feeling he seems like an eldest. Um... I never had to take on any of that responsibility. My father died of a heart attack. I was in Japan. Bam. I just came back for the funeral. Uh, my mother gradually slid into old age in the beginnings of... Uh, I hate the word dementia. It sounds so cruel. It sounds like madness. But it wasn't. She just started to lose her memory and became childlike again, but not in the nasty, 
vicious way, just uh, a little girl who couldn't remember things except when she was a little girl. But my sister had to deal with all that, getting rid of her clothes and going to the hospital every day. I wasn't living in Ottawa where my mother was. And it's made me feel I've never really grown up. And I think that's maybe part of my problem. And I, now, I always get on and want to apologize for saying, gee, I'm still looking for myself. But I realize, well, that's not so strange. First of all, a lot of people don't even bother. They just don't think beyond surface issues. Um, But the fact that we are continually changing, and the world is continually changing, and our reactions to what's happening in the world are continually changing, mean we have to continually assess, who am I? Where where am I? What are my values? I had a wonderful conversation with my son yesterday. Well, it wasn't wonderful. I was in the hot seat, but basically him questioning all my beliefs and values, like really questioning, hey, it's because you grew up in a comfortable white middle-class neighborhood. And uh, I said, yeah, you're, you're right. And that is where I've got them. And I said, but I still believe those values were the right ones. You don't torture. You don't hate. You, you don't kill indiscriminately. You come down on the side against Hitler. And he was more of the lines of everything is relative. And I said, yeah, I know. Had I been born in Germany at that time, I would have been a Nazi making the salute, being proud of the flags and the swastikas and not wanting to know what else was happening behind the scenes. And I guess we kind of had a bit of a, a stalemate, but it was good that he was challenging me. This is number two son, Chuck, uh, who's at home. And we've had a good couple of days. We started watching Narcos together on uh, Closet Geek's recommendation, and my son had a recommendation from somebody else too. So that's that's kind of fun. We're sharing that. Um, we had a heart-to-heart, and there's uh, little changes happening, and, you know, good on the... Uh, other home front with my wife. I don't know what I did wrong yesterday, but uh, I did something wrong. Uh, perhaps coming home with a case of beer and three bottles of wine and no food. That that probably had something to do with it. At a time when she had had a very tough and busy week. Uh, very, very tough week. And, you know, we were behind in the shopping. And I come home with beer and wine and not really caring about dinner. Oh, I don't know, you know, it's crap in the freezer, you know, you just stick in the microwave. Uh, that's not food from her. Anyway, anyway, let's not get into that, all right? Yeah, this is, let's go back to J- Jason's sterling qualities, because Jason is a home looker after, and, and Jason, I don't know, I would say most people, I'd almost say, no, I, I wouldn't go, I was going to say 90%, then I was down to 70 I guess we have we take responsibility in different areas. I take responsibility for paying the bills, for looking after the finances, for getting the house, for getting set up, for getting a job, for for doing a lot of things. And and you know, and there are a lot of people who don't even do that. Like, boom, you know, rely on hand out somebody else, complain, or living month to month in a an apartment, and and that's fine. That's other people, but so I, I've got. To, I want to give myself some credit. In other words. But wow, the areas where I fall down in, uh, cooking, grocery shopping, house cleaning, things around the home, 
things of sharing the responsibilities, especially when somebody you're married to works hard five days a week. Bam. Fail. Big F. Now, when I was in school, in elementary school, there was a mark even lower than an F. F wasn't fail, believe it or not. F meant fair. Now, what a stupid thing. This is the Protestant School Board of Greater Montreal. You had E for excellent, which all the smart guys got. You had VG, which was something to be proud of. That's very good, very good. Just one below X. I'm very good. And you had good, which I got all the time, consistently, right through. Good. Fuck you. Good. Good. Fuck you. Good. It's good. It's good. It's not very good. It's good. It's good enough. That's all you'll ever amount to. It's good. You'll always be a good G. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I've told you before about this. I even did a uh, a podcast jolt about this. I was branded with that fucking G and I've still got it. <sighs> Below G was F for fair. Well, that's like they're saying, hey. I mean, F meant dummy. F equals dummy. And it's sad. It's very unfortunate. And some people would continually, for reasons that were obvious, they just weren't very smart, got F. Well, whoa! There's one below F. You. You. Like, it was almost like the plague, a poison. Stay away. Don't let that thing get near me. Holy fuck! You? Unsatisfactory. Holy fuck, what do you do? Beat that kid senseless? You got a you? Where's the whip? Jesus Christ, you? How did you get, what are you useless fucking thing? Quit school right now. Quit school right now. You got a fucking you on your report card? You? I'll show you what a you means. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Now, Sterling qualities. Let's uh, park that for a while because it seems to be taking me in, in other directions. By, by the way, I am having fun reliving this. <sighs> Podcasting is my great escape. A movie I refused to watch last night. I've seen it too many times. I love Steve McQueen, but come on. I'm tired of that movie. Danger, danger, danger. Almost spilling. Oh, lid just about came off mid-sip. Okay. All right. Put that down. Uh, all right, so you wanted to hear the wind a little bit? Okay. I mean, it's howling. It's blowing. There's no ducks here. This is always full of ducks and swans. I don't know where they've gone. They're taking refuge somewhere. It's uh, it's nasty out there. I'm on my way to my office uh, because I've got marking to do. I gave tests Thursday and Friday, and uh, I've got to get those back. And not only that... I have to prepare another, this is only a 5% test. I've got to prepare a 15% test. Now, I can borrow one from the archives, I think. But get that ready. So I'm going to have to go into school Monday morning. And then uh, Tuesday, I'm heading off to explore this new camp. I'm very excited about that. I'll stay overnight, Minden, Ontario area, uh, where I'm going to have to put my students, my uh, lovely young ladies from Japan, and instead of having these wonderful, wonderful bedrooms with uh, private bathrooms and showers, they're going to be in sleeping bags, probably in bunk beds, and uh, a very different experience, but so be it. This was uh, something that could not be avoided. 
I uh, was very pleased with myself. I put on my little website. I used something called, damn it, damn it, damn it, what is it called? Rapid Weaver. To make, uh, oh, there goes one of those little, remember I told you it was an otter or a weasel or whatever? There's one of them right here now. They're just slinky little things, long, and they're just like like squirrels with a, a, a small a rat's tail. Well, no, it's furrier than a rat's tail, but about the size of squirrels. They live right along the shore here. I don't know what they eat. <coughs> Excuse me. Where were we? Oh, yeah. So I have this Rapid Weaver, and it's my website. My Canadian Study Tours website is up there, and I've got what I love as an application form online. The girls fill it up. You can just put submit, and it comes to me by email. I love it. It's magic. Wow. How cool is that? It's not just a website, but it's an interactive one. So this week, I thought, you know, I really need a little more information about what the parents are like. Am I paying them enough? And so, you know, put in questions. Do you feel the compensation was satisfactory or not enough? Something like that. Sufficient or not enough. I think those are the words I used. Uh, the length of stay, the level of English. Everything was like either drop-down menus or actually it was a checkbox, which is easier. And so you set this up. And then you just hit publish and bam, if you've got everything in place and you're the right passwords, it's uploaded. And you just click a link, test it out. Hey, it works. And little stuff like that. Remember, I'm coming from a guy that grew up without computers, right? I went to... It's Simon Fraser University in Vancouver, sometime when I was living out there in the 70s, I guess, to do a course on programming. Just basically, I audited a course, and we had the program Turtle Language, and you just got the thing to draw neat pictures and spirals and stuff by just learning how to give it instructions. And it was wonderful, and it was fun. It was really, really neat. So this is, I've always been excited. I'm not programmer type. I don't have that kind of thinking. Although there's a little part of me that likes. I mean, I like the logic of it. I I think it's really neat. I've just never devoted myself to it. But I get excited by spreadsheets and and merge documents and all the stuff that computers do. A lot of stuff that people just take for granted or they have a secretary or somebody else do it for them. But I love it. Uh, Speaking of which, I'm really enjoying laying out... um, the Dixon Jane's uh, newsletter. I'm using, I think it's called Swift Publisher or Swift something or other for the Mac. It's really, really neat. Now, I had one problem. You just could not edit within the text box. It took forever. And I wrote to them, I look, this is the problem here. And they said, well, we seem to, there's one bug we haven't been able to solve yet. And that's because when you put page numbers on the bottom of the document, you know, automatic page numbers, page two, page three, each time you click it, it updates. It seems to bring the whole thing to a grinding halt. This is a problem for software engineers to work out, right? It just doesn't work. And I just thought, well, that sounds stupid. And I just kept going without taking their advice. And I, because I had already had set up the page numbers, trying to edit, getting frustrated. The thing just, you know, it took forever to move the cursor across, you know, four letters to change something. Um, and then, of course, one day I said, wait, wait, wait a minute. Didn't these guys tell me to, uh, that that was the problem? I took it out, took out the page number, bam, zim, bingo. It works perfectly. And probably the next update, that problem will be solved. So I'm really having fun doing the layout, putting in the things, extra quotes. I put in some stuff from this book that I am enjoying so much, which is my segue into the next topic. Um, this book, A Hard Rain Fell. I love reading anyway, 
But I love it when a book just, I just can't put that book down. It just keeps carrying me along. And I, I just, I've got to be with this guy. And I've tried, I've gone everywhere on the internet trying to get hold of the author just to tell him how much I've got images of him. I know where his book is published. I tried Facebook. I did send a, a, an ask to LinkedIn on the faint possibility it might be him, this John Ketwig. Um, just to say, I, I can't believe it. Here I am, you know. You're talking of a 19-year-old my age, you know, in Vietnam and, and the horrors. What's so neat about it? He did his year in Vietnam, and then it's, he wasn't ready to come home. He was afraid. He still had another year of service or time to serve, and he did not want to be in the position of being in uh, have, being troops called out to stand against the protesters of the war in Vietnam. He just could not stand that because he was already against that, and he just couldn't. So, so he opted to do a year in Thailand. And wow, the whole section on Thailand is amazing. Like, he just immersed himself. So you got to be thinking. I mean, the guy's stoned a lot in Thailand and, and listening to Beale's music. And he's got his own apartment in this small town, Korat. I can't remember where it is. Uh, it's fascinating reading. And I keep thinking of my good friend Rob Balser, formerly of Singapore, now in Thailand at a B&B, uh, who I plan to go and see, Rob, for sure. I just don't know when. Because oh, I've already got the Australia skip, skip trip scheduled for uh, January. Um, I think it's neat that my son is going to meet his mother in Japan in October and his father in Australia in January, my eldest son. Just seems neat, that's all. Uh, I'm looking forward to some good talks with him. Now, where were we? Ah, yes. And the other one, uh, the Barstool Buddha, my traveling companion of the uh, southwestern United States and Cape Breton Island and so on, the Cape Breton Islands. Um, good buddy from way back from our very early druggy days back in uh, Dorval, Lachine and Dorval, the Royal Dixie Apartments. You've heard me talk about the Barstool Buddha before. Another one, I think, wow, he would like this book. He would, he would get it. Um, so that makes me happy. And that and there's a whole list after this of other ones. They're not going to go through quite as quickly, but uh, they will be good reads. And I really, really like the part of taking out excerpts and putting them into the Dixon Jane zine and sharing them with you. And the idea is, listen, the less you write and send in original articles of your own words, the more I have to fill it up. So there'll be quite a bit of fill, but I, I think... It's interesting, Phil. And if it's not to you, well, it is to me. Now, what good is that? I, I, I don't think so. I think it will be of interest to a lot of people. I definitely do. And again, I thank those who have already written in, and uh, that would be Jason up in this brain. I used to be brilliant uh, as one of them. And uh, John Meadows, another one. Who else has got stuff in? Somebody else just came through. Uh, anyway, I'll get back to that. But it's not too late as of this podcast. I extended the deadline to October 15th. I said September 30th, October 15th. You've still got time. And if you're late, if you'd arrived on the 16th, it would probably get in. And if it didn't, it would get in the next issue. It's not time sensitive. I just need, people need deadlines. That's why I give them. But they really don't mean anything. All right. 20 minutes. I got to go in. I got shit to do. Uh, I, I really have enjoyed talking. I don't know if there's anything else I was supposed to say. I did want to make that point because I, I somewhere I read about it, the fact that 
Maybe it was in the 10th anniversary issue of Dixon Jeans. That's possible. That we are continually redefining ourselves. So it's not, you know, that me that's so stupid, why don't I know who I am? Because we are moving targets. We are always changing. We are always something else, someone else. Uh, and, you know, here's me. I, I beat up on myself a lot. And then I'll get high, and then suddenly I think, holy shit, man, wow, my library's worth a fortune. Look at all the stuff I've done, the podcast, the Dixon Jane zine. Wow, I must be somebody special. And then the next day I'm back to reality, normalcy. And I think, shit, man, look at all the stuff all these other people have done, and I haven't done anything, you know? It's just crazy. Anyway, let's stop there. I, I guess I do... Perhaps I'm just a tad overly introspective. We'll leave it at that. Scarborough Dude, also known as... Oops, wasn't even supposed to say that. And it doesn't really matter what you call me. Jason brought this up. Is it Scarborough Dude or is it Ken? I don't know. And I don't know either and it doesn't matter. Although I'm leaning a little bit further these days towards thinking, you know, maybe Scarborough Dude was actually a very healthy person for me to be. Maybe that's what I really need to, and that can is the uh, the false one. I don't know. We'll come back to that, no doubt, later on. Bye for now. This is CBC News. Good afternoon. I'm Tom Harrington with The World This Hour. And that is your World This Hour. Your next local and regional news is in 20 minutes on Radio 1. And for news anytime, go to cbcnews.ca. You can follow me on Twitter at CBCTom. I'm Tom Harrington. This is CBC News. And good morning. Well, actually, good afternoon, technically. I've even had a little lunch. Of course, they served it at the church get back to that in a minute. I want to go back to uh, when I was talking about the F's and U's and G's. When I first started school, of course, in Valleyfield, Quebec, we lived in a big house right across from Galt Institute, uh, I probably did get E's and VG's. It was a little school. Uh, I spoke English. Um, and things were just different then. It was a small town. I think I just went through a really rough adjustment when we moved, sold the house, and moved to the suburbs, to Point Clare, and then to Lachine, and I just didn't adjust very well. And um, I certainly had the potential to get better marks, but by that point, I think my laziness was always, or already starting to come through loud and clear, and uh, I just dropped and didn't really seem to care. And that was that. I think another thing about those days was they they didn't identify. I don't think we had anywhere near the number of uh, children with ADD and other learning issues or autism. So it makes you wonder about our environment. What's going on? Why are there so many kids with uh, learning issues? What What's different? Uh, combined with the fact that we're just a little more attuned to it now and uh, maybe more aware of it. But uh, anyway, that's just it, not to... Uh, be so disparaging to anybody who failed to get through that system. There may have been multiple reasons. I remember feeling very, very badly 
in Valley Field for a very big girl. I think she might have been called Nicole. She was French. And she was just sort of stuck in our class. And I don't know that there was no other school for her. She was older than us. English wasn't her French first language. So, of course, everybody just kind of thought, well, Nicole was stupid. And it must have been terrible for her. But, of course, then nobody cared. She was just different. She was the, what's she doing in the sort of the, uh, this English school here in Valleyfield? Uh, and it just it still stands out, you know. She'd be sitting at the back, and I don't know whether there were other issues with Nicole. What was, she struck me even in my memory now. I can sort of picture her in the back, almost a little bit afraid of her because she was twice our size, uh, that she might have been special. Uh, but uh, anyway, and then, my God, heaven forbid, anybody who happened to be different in any way in high school was just, you were put in with the, the bobes, the, uh, you know, commercial class. You, well, we can maybe get something out of you in society. Maybe we can teach you to type and you could work in the steno pool. Uh, you know, that's pushing it. But uh, otherwise, oh, man. If you look different, anything, you know. Okay, so moving on. Today. Today was my first communion. Oh, my God. Here it goes. Back to church. Oh, that's what this thing is all about. Yes, it was called Baby Sally's Sunday Sermons. And here he is, the weasel. Uh, No, it just happened. I think this is World Communion Day or something like that. And so I saw a little notice on our church notice that you get through email saying, oh, today is going to be a celebration of World Communion. And right away I'm thinking communion back to my childhood when you'd be in church. And church was always a scary place for me as a child anyway. It was dark and mysterious and, you know, I didn't know what was going on. And communion was when it was communion Sunday or the communion service. I think there'd be two services every Sunday, one would be communion, one without and when it was communion, you went up to the front and you ate the wafer and sipped the wine or you did whatever you're supposed to. I never saw it up close. I just knew this is what you're supposed to do. And I, I think I can recall sort of, you know, being very clear. No, no, I don't, I don't want to go. And uh, I, technically, I don't think you could take communion until you were confirmed into the church. And I was never confirmed. I never joined the church. I quit at around age 13. Um... Uh, which I'm still proud of to this day. Uh, so I never partook of communion. And when I heard today was going to be service, I thought, oh, well, how are they going to do this? And gee, this, our minister's an atheist. You can, how, whoa, how is this going to work? And then we always have, after a church, there's always, we go off into the little sanctuary room on the side, and uh, they've put out plates of food and pots of coffee and tea. And, every, you know, people want to hang around, hang around and chat. And it's always a nice time to talk with people. And I'm even now at the point where I'll go up and address newcomers uh, since I've been coming since April. Um, and just, you know, have some good conversations. And there's some interesting, some nice people there. And instead they brought all the food into the middle of the church and we were going to break bread together so the idea of communion was to share bread to partake together there was no wine there was no you know it was coffee and tea and somebody had actually made i think a little uh, i think it was pumpkin soup which was very good um but what greta did was she had about four baskets with 
solid loaves of bread, unsliced bread, you know, different kinds of bread. And she just passed those out to the people in the front and a few rows back. And what you do is you hold a basket, rip off a chunk of bread, and just pass it to the person beside you. And I thought, wow, I like that. That was nice. And so when it came to me and I was had my eyes on it, hey, make sure it gets back here, you whip off a chunk of bread and you pass the basket with the bread in it to the person next to you, and you chomp away. And so I went up to Scott, our uh, pianist, and Greta's husband after, and then Greta, and announced with a big smile on my face, thank you, today was very special for me, that was my first ever communion at the age of 67, wow. And I let them know that when as soon as I heard there was going to be communion, I said, I, I just got antsy and thought, no, this is not for me, I'm just going to leave early today. And, uh, you know, I, and I told Scott, I said, you know, like, all I remember is there's some kind of hocus pocus going on at the front of the church. And uh, Scott said, no, Greta doesn't do that hocus pocus stuff. It was funny and it was delightful. And, uh, gee, I'm sharing it with you on the podcast. And some of you will groan and others may think, well, so what? And uh, maybe, maybe, maybe one or two of you out there might say, oh, that's kind of that's nice, Ken. Thanks for sharing. Because it was about sharing, and uh, that's just what I've done. Anyway, we're winding down. I want to finish this podcast today. I've got a whole lot of marking to do. I've got to go out and visit our new camp. I've got just stuff that uh, needs to catch up on. I've really pretty well made up my mind that I'm giving up my office. I've talked about it for a long time. It's crazy to be putting out 210 220 bucks a month for an office I don't need. Uh, it's basically, it's become a storage room. Now, I like it because I've got a whole bookshelf of all my neat other books, teaching-related books and mediation books. This was going to be the home of Glanville Mediation Center. And I think the question I have to ask myself is, Ken, be honest. You are never going to start up your mediation business. You're, you're, you're too far out of practice now. You have to advertise You'd be lucky to cover the rent from anything you had coming in. And the second thing, well, the business Canadian Academic Preparation School, we never got that off the ground. We spent a lot of money on computer and business cards and brochures and never did anything to get it going. Uh, there was that ill-fated trip to China years ago. Dixon Jean's listeners will know about that. Uh, when I think I was ready to die on that trip, I got very sick. But on top of that, I just didn't understand what I was doing or why I was there. Now, when looking back, I'm hey, I'm glad I went to Shanghai and Beijing. That was kind of cool. But uh, at the time, it was supposed to have been a business trip. And I guess I just wasn't really committed. And it's, boy, I, I shouldn't be getting into this now, but it's really, it, it, it's at the crux of who I am. I guess either I just lack ambition, I lack drive, I'm lazy, it's probably all those things, but I just don't seem to care. And the other thing I was going to do, well, look, I've got a perfect little office that's just the right size for three or four private students in a group, and I'll teach them. I never got it going. I kept talking about it. I talked to Jeff. Listen, I'll give you a commission. You get the students from me. I'll just have to advertise here or here. And I just never, it's like I was never hungry enough to take on new business. And I don't know what that says about me that, God, I'll put all this time into doing a podcast. But when it comes to actually earning money or trying to earn some money, I don't care. And uh, 
I don't know. Part of me thinks maybe that isn't bad. Maybe that's just natural. That's just who I am. And I'm beating myself up because I'm I'm doing one of these you shoulds and you're supposed to and why didn't you? Instead of just, no, you didn't because it wasn't the natural thing to do. And in reality, I'm just going with the flow. And the flow is, ah, I've had that little refuge. And now it's time to wind down. So number one, I'm going to save money and I'm going to pay myself that money. The Canadian Study Tours, my company, will pay me for my home office. So it'll be an income instead of money going out. Uh, But secondly, maybe more importantly, it might be the beginning of me finally making an effort to pare down. I've got two drawers full of papers and documents that I don't need for teaching. And if I really am winding down and don't want to burden my wife... Uh, in the case of a sudden heart attack with, what do I do with all this shit? Now is the time for me to start doing it. And I think it really is. This this move will make, force me to get rid of a hell of a lot of stuff. And the other stuff I'm just going to have to sneak into the house and put into my uh, my bar. And there's a few choice objects, a few nice pieces. And the books, god damn, I don't know. I may have to clean out one of the closets so I can put you know these books, because I want to keep these books. I can't sneak another bookshelf into the house, that's for sure. There's just no place, but, um, or, excuse me. Anyway, I guess we'll leave that for another time. I, I, the final issue, I don't think I'm going to include them, but I was listening to uh, CBC Day on, uh, oh, talk about multiculturalism, the burqa, the shape of Canada. I'm reading the book on the, you know, Canada not having this history, you know, why isn't there a Canadian history? There's so much to say about that. I should save it for another podcast. But one of the one of the topics that did come up was just that issue of the times they are changing, and they're changing so much that we have to change to adapt. And it does make us question: Who am I? What are my values? What are my beliefs? What do I really feel about the burqa and the citizenship ceremony? And I don't like the burqa. I hate it the way I used to hate the way Catholic nuns wore black, you know, head to toe. I don't like it. But I, I don't feel it's my need to stop anybody from wearing it. Uh, when I think about all the Syrian refugees, 100,000 going to Germany, I do think, whoa, if Saudi Arabia is really going to start building mosques for them, this will be the beginning of the Islam- Islamization of Europe. And other people might shoot me down. No, 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 you're just being alarmist, panic. No, no, because they're not getting integrated. And they're not all going to learn German. And there will be changes and you know if, if it's a religion you can't easily leave the numbers will increase and it will impact I, i'm thinking in particular hear me out hear me out before you call me a racist an islamophobe phobe and so on because i think that's the problem people are afraid to speak out because they're going to be labeled something that's why we don't have canadian history and that's why people get shut down for trying to raise a point i've mentioned this uh school we have here that uses the cafeteria to do Friday sermons. Uh, the same school where they wanted to introduce the sex ed curriculum, the new revised one, which the government of Ontario, our duly elected government, and the Ministry of Education has mandated and said, yes, we've updated this, what we have to do. Parents are saying, no, 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 you can't, you can't teach our children, we're pulling our children out. And that's just a sign 
of what might come. Because once people vote and once they choose who's going to sit on that school council, you get to have an influence over who's the principal and what they're going to teach and how they're going to teach. And you do get some of that power and you can shape the school and say, no, we're not going to do this. And the other parents, the other Canadians who just sit back and watch it all happen or don't even pay attention will find, wait a minute, we there are values here that we think are important. For example, gay rights. Well, sorry, but that goes against certain religions, and we know it goes against them. I'm just saying Muslims. We know the people in the States are going through this right now with their right-wing Christian fundamentalists. These people can have more and more power and can actually turn back the clock on issues that Canadians as a whole think are very progressive and very important. And I think we just have to be more aware and paying more attention. And this isn't alarmist or saying stop immigration or anything else. This is just saying, wake the fuck up. What's important? Ask yourself, what do you care for? And and what are you going to do to stand up for those values and those rights? God damn it, do I have to do all this? Can't I just stop now? Yeah, let's stop. And uh, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the... um, Dixon Jane Zine is well on its way. If you're interested, email me, Dixon Jane's, D A C K S N G A N S at gmail.com and say, hey, I want in on this. I want a copy or, hey, would you print my article too? Thank you. Uh, that's number one. And uh, stay tuned because next week there'll be another podcast just like this one. No better, no worse. Just like this one. This is Ken signing out. Bye for now. Like endless rain into a paper cup They slither wildly as they slip away Across the universe Pools of sorrow, waves of joy Are drifting through my opened mind Possessing and caressing me
across the river.